They misdiagnosed me, they hurt me, and they never got to the problem. Hello, everyone. I'm Morgan, co-founder of Primal Kitchen and host of the Primal Kitchen podcast. Today, I'm chatting with primal thought leader, thyroid health expert, and past Primal Blueprint podcast host, Al Russ, who also coincidentally was my counselor at camp um, in what, Al, like 1998 or something? So, Oh, no, like... Uh- 1990. 1990. Yeah, I love it. Al's also the author of number one bestselling book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution, and the most comprehensive thyroid course in the world. Before we get into it, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the view of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. Hello, hello. How are you? Hi. Oh, so nice to see you. No kidding. You you briefly mentioned it, but for those that don't know, Morgan and I got reconnected through Mark Sisson. I had already been working for him. Morgan was coming in as the co-founder to create Primal Kitchen, which by the way, wow. And I just want to congratulate you on that the most amazing feat of business. That's just outstanding. And um, we met at an event and I said, hey, I know you. And you were eight years old when I was like 18. And so you probably didn't recognize me, but I recognized your name. And then I was like, I was your counselor. And you were like, oh my God. No, I did. I did after that, but it was so out of context. And it had been like, like you said, like, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was eight. We we both have a soft spot in our heart for this camp that no longer exists, but it was an eight weeks in the woods, like girls camp sleepover, parents drop you off with the big like camp thing and then pick you up at the end of the summer. Yeah. Eh, anyway. Um, so here we are. Mark Sisson unites us, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, okay. So Elle is the expert of all things thyroid. She helped me with my thyroid years ago. So Elle, why don't you just give the audience a little background on like, how did you get into this? You had your own thyroid story. How did you become such a thyroid expert? You know, I think it's like a lot of health people in the space. You, your test becomes your testimony. You got some challenge, you overcome it. And then you're like, hey, everybody, here's how I solved it. And so I had never intended on being a health expert in any capacity whatsoever. And um, I was 30 years old and suddenly I kept menstruating. Like my period kept coming every two weeks. And I thought, well, this is weird, but you know, you're 30 years old and you go, it's a fluke. Went to the doctor. Oh, and here's the first mistake. It's, oh, you have a symptom. Instead of look to see why a 30-year-old would be abnormally bleeding with no past history, we're just going to give you a pill to stop the symptom. Here's a birth control pill. Instead of asking the question, which I wish he he did then, which was, let's look at your thyroid because your thyroid gland, which is the gland at the base of your neck, if you're a man, it's below your Adam's apple, is in charge of the production and regulation of all of your sex hormones. So if anything's going on with infertility, pregnancy, sex hormones, you know, misdiagnosis, heavy bleeding, you always want to rule out the thyroid first. Had he done that, but he didn't. He didn't test it correctly. So he just kept saying, I don't know what to tell you. I gained weight by the minute. I blew up. I was 115 pounds. I'm five feet, two inches tall. I'm short like you. I went from that to like 160 with working out two hours a day, eating calories, you know, eating the right calories, hair falling out, acne, absolutely disaster. I went to the doctor again, kept putting me on birth control pills. I kept bleeding through them. He tapped on my shoes, just work out more and eat less, which a lot of hypo patients get blamed for that because the doctor's going, well, I'm not testing you, right? So I don't see it. Must be you. You must have a closet eating disorder. And I struggled for two years with, um, I went through over two dozen endocrinologists, doctors, anti-aging specialists, either they misdiagnosed me, they hurt me, and they never got to the problem. And so unfortunately, I was left in the dust by myself in Los Angeles, known for the best doctors in the world. And I shouldn't have had to learn this myself. You know, I have a philosophy degree. I'm not interested in, you know, organic chemistry, but I had to. And so had I not 
persevered and learned it on my own, I would have never be fixed. I don't know if I'd be here right now because I had to take my health into my own hands and I did it myself without the help of a doctor. I don't want people to have to do that. But the problem with this subject, like why is it so difficult? It's not. It's actually the easiest thing to solve. The problem is uninformed doctors in terms of being steeped in 40-year-old outdated protocols to treat thyroid. And so, A, they're not testing comprehensively. Then they're not assessing the test properly. And even if they do the first two things right, are they then treating it properly? So, it's 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 very rare to find an informed doctor nowadays on this, although, you know, since the publishing of the Paleothyroid Solution by Mark in 2016, you know, doctors, practitioners over the world, people are getting educated. There were not podcasts back then when I was 30 years old, so I had to figure it out myself. So I suffered for seven years of my 30s, total disaster. Those years could just be thrown in the garbage, all due to undiagnosed and mistreated hypothyroidism. And so finally, I fixed myself. I actually fixed myself twice in 10 years with two separate bouts. And as a result, sort of became a thyroid expert. And so since then, I've just been trying to spread the message all over the world that, hey, this is really easily fixable. And B, like you have to inform yourself so that you can help your doctor help you. And to put the advocacy onto the person, because if it wasn't me that knew this information, I wouldn't have been able to help myself. And you're going to be able to suss out who the doctors are, and you might even be able to teach them something and allow them to practice medicine with you. I've spoken to doctors and patients on the phone where the doctor is really willing to learn, that's a great doctor. They're going, you know, I wasn't really trained well on this, or I think, you know, it was 30 years ago, let me take a look. That's the kind of doctor you want. And so this whole issue with people saying, I've suffered for 10, 15 years, I've gone to 10 doctors, it's not that the thyroid problem is difficult to solve, it's that you either are A, dealing with an uninformed doctor, and or you're uninformed. And those are the only two reasons why people suffer. And so, ah, that's so... It's kind of dumb. It's a dumb problem. It's really just a lack of information, but the information is there. So that's sort of how I got here. And then when I started working for Mark Sisson in 2013, I think, 2012, I uh, I started to, I became paleo because of Mark and Carrie Sisson. I looked at them and I thought, man, they are 20 years older than me. They are looking way better than me and they don't seem to be stressed out. And so I followed his, you know, the paleo paradigm, the primal blueprint, and then suddenly I noticed all these connections and I was getting better and I was reducing my medication. And I noticed a connection between paleoprimal health and what it does to the body and the thyroid uh, feedback loop. And I presented it to Mark and he was like, you know, I've wanted to do a thyroid book for a while. And then here we are. I love it. You know, it's interesting. I think another, it's coming from someone who's had my own thyroid issues and mine were definitely not as extreme as yours, but I think another reason it becomes a problem is because it's like a, it can be just like a low level of suck. Like, versus, you know, uh, when something else that might, like, really trigger someone to look into something. But a lot of these things we're complaining about are, like, biases in the medical field, right? Where, like you said, like, doctors are just like, oh, we'll just work out harder and eat less. It's like, no, that's not going to fix my hormone issue. Like, thank you. So what are some of the signs people should look out for? Like, for me, I know a big thing was, like, raspy voice, cold hands and feet. I remember going to bed and, like, this is... TMI, but like my butt would be just like freezing to the touch. Like I'd be under the covers and I like could not, could never get warm. What are some of the other things people should be looking out for, for like high or 
low thyroid. Yes. And I want to highlight that because that is a big symptom is temperature. Because again, the thyroid not only regulates, well, it's in charge of the production and regulation of sex hormones, but it is also in charge of your heart rate and your body temperature. <laughs> and humans, we're Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold. That's why around 3.30 in the afternoon, we're roughly 98.6. And in the morning, we have another basal temperature average, right? So when you're below or above that, below would be hypo, hypo, low thyroid. If you were really hot and had too much thyroid hormone, you'd be hyper. So what you did is luckily you had caught it pretty quickly in the first couple of weeks and you got lucky because you ended up with a doctor who happened to know and then we were talking. And so I also want to just highlight before I get into the symptoms that your situation is totally not unique in the sense that you went on thyroid hormone, corrected it a bit, then you got pregnant, had a child, and that event switch things and you then didn't need to be on thyroid hormone. That can happen both ways. You can get pregnant and then afterwards you become hypo or hyper, things can swing, or it can kind of resolve some things sometimes too. So, you know, as long as you watch it and now you know the symptoms, but the main symptoms, temperature, the other big one, hair. So I have curly hair, you lose curliness in hair, hair falling out, uh, like waking up and suddenly like half your hair is broken off and you're like, how, how did that happen? I just went to bed. Um, Acne, skin problems, dry skin, puffy face and eyes upon waking, horrible constipation that no amount of laxatives or colonics or whatever will take care of. That is probably one of the worst. You are bloated, the inability to lose weight, doing whatever you can and not being able to lose weight or just gaining weight rapidly. Now, some people don't have the weight issue. It's very rare, some people don't. So then what they're going to have is the temperature issue and the brain stuff. So when you talked about this low level of suck, it can either, this, this can manifest itself because we have more receptors in our brain for T3, the biologically active hormone, than we do anywhere else. So you can experience things like messy handwriting. Like you're an athlete, I'm an athlete, but when I was hypothyroid, I'd be like knocking into things and dropping over my water. And you're like, I feel klutzy, like what's going on? So any brain dexterity kind of issues, brain fog. Now, people with long COVID and stuff have mentioned that word brain fog. Let me explain what it feels like. Everybody listening has had a cold at some point where you have a stuffy nose. And you know how there's that day where it's so bad and you just keep blowing your nose and you're staring into space. A movie doesn't sound fun. Food's not fun. Nothing's fun. You're just like brain dead. That, And you know, you're driving. You're like, wait, what? That is brain fog just without the stuffiness. But what it also lends itself is to a low level of depression or a high one. So your low level of suck you mentioned is when maybe things aren't that bad, but you start to get a general malaise about life. Like, I don't care anymore, you know? Not not like you're gonna go jump off a bridge right away, but the whole like, what's it all for? I'm not even passionate about it. I don't even care about pursuing all the stuff I was excited about a year ago. Um, you, because when you have low levels of thyroid hormone, your adrenal glands are trying to take over to give you the energy that is missing from that T3. So what happens is you often get adrenal fatigue. And then that manifests itself as being sensitive to sound, to light, and to smells. So it makes you a really crappy person to hang out with. You know what I mean? I have like super sensitive ears. I swear. Like I'm – that's an interesting one I didn't even know was ever tied to the thyroid. Yeah. So before, like let's say you're living in an apartment building or you're living somewhere and normally noise wouldn't bother you. But now all of a sudden you're like, why are they so – like it's – it's you cannot handle it. Or you get into someone's car and they're playing music and you're like, "I, I, I can't deal. Same thing with smells. Like when you're hypothyroid and you have adrenal fatigue, walking into like, first of all, walking into like the floor of any department store with the perfumes is already brutal enough, but 
this would be horrible. Like, I remember I couldn't even handle my best friend's perfume, where it never bothered me before. But I had to ask her to stop wearing it around me because it was so offensive. So those, those things can happen. And then sensitivity to light, that's usually related to adrenals. So lots of these cascade problems happen. The thyroid goes down, now the adrenals are getting exhausted, right? And then the domino effect of things break down. Infertility and or miscarriages. This is a huge thing with hypothyroidism. So please, if you are thinking about becoming pregnant, get your thyroid tested comprehensively first. No one needs to go through miscarriages that could have been prevented. And so that is the problem. Really quick, but I want to go a whole thing on fertility. But when you say get your thyroid tested comprehensively, explain what that means because in break it down because anyone who asks their doctor to test their thyroid is going to get a basic thyroid panel that isn't going to tell them what they need to know. So fill fill us That's right. So for everyone watching, if you've ever had your thyroid tested, the way to see if your doctor is uninformed is to look at the test. And I would guarantee you right now that they only tested one or two things. If you had an uninformed doctor, they will only test TSH and or T4. That's it. That's not a comprehensive list. If you look back on your thyroid, like I had a friend who had two miscarriages. You met her, Kara. She's a successor in the book. She had two miscarriages, gaining weight. She's always tall and skinny. She goes to the doctor. They're they're like, you're fine. And when we finally realized she had a horrible thyroid problem, I said, go get your records from an endocrinologist. I'm willing to bet you right now, he only for 10 years ever tested those two things. And it was true. So I'm going to give you the list of the six tests that is like, hey, do I have a thyroid problem? What's happening? You can investigate beyond that with more testing, but let me just give you the six main tests. By the way, you always get tested in the morning a couple hours after waking up. So if you are on the night shift, you adjust accordingly. If you're in the regular world of the nine to fivers, then you would probably get tested before 9.30 in the morning. You don't take any supplements, any thyroid hormones, even if you are taking thyroid hormones. Don't take anything. You just go in. You can drink water and black coffee, and then that's really going to give you the most accurate testing. So don't go in at 3.30 p.m. after you've worked out and had a day and eaten and all that kind of stuff. So these are the tests. You want to get TSH. That stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. You want to get free T3, free as in freedom, and free T4, reverse T3. So those are the four main ones, TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3. Then you want to rule out whether you have an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's, which affects the thyroid. And that is two antibodies. Now, most doctors only test one. You can be positive for one and not the other or both. So you need to get both of these tests. The first one is called TG antibody, and that stands for thyroglobulin antibody. The second one is TPO antibody, and that stands for thyroid peroxidase antibody. And by the way, everyone, this information is all laid out and free in my free thyroid guide. You can go to freethyroidguide.com or you can go to freethyroidmasterclass.com. In the masterclass, it's a two-hour video of me explaining the thyroid feedback loop and so in depth on this subject, plus the guide, which has the list of tests and a list of questions that you can ask before you waste money with a doctor. Call up the office, ask them a few questions. The answers will determine, "Eh, maybe they don't know so much. So there's a lot in that guide that comes with the free thyroid masterclass. So freethyroidmasterclass.com for everyone there to learn way more. But that's the main list of tests. So if your doctor's only testing your TSH or T4, you're with the wrong person. They're probably mistreating you. I have coached hundreds of people all over the world. The story is the same in Sweden, Dubai, Brazil, Australia. It doesn't matter, Morgan. It's the same like uninformed problem. And so this is just really a matter of education. It's not a matter of, uh, 
it's all right there. Even in the publications from the companies that produce the thyroid hormones and manufacture them, they will even say what it's used for. It's just not being used based on lack of information or really outdated training. Yeah. Let's talk about one more symptom, sex drive. What what does sex drive look like when you have a thyroid issue? And then we can touch on fertility. And then I want to know your favorite thyroid treatment. So sure. So, okay. So this is a great one. So Sometimes people have zero sex drive problems when they're hypothyroid. I didn't. I didn't have any sex drive problems. But a lot of people do. And again, it's because how the thyroid relates to your sex hormones. Again, it's it's producing them and it's regulating them. So usually there is a hormonal imbalance. And by the way, I want to stop here and say the thyroid is the root. It's the master gland. So when you go to a doctor and let's say they do test your female hormones, let's say, or your testosterone as a guy, and let's say it's low or off and the doctor wants to give you hormone replacement, stop right there because have they ruled out the thyroid? I'll give you a great story. I had a 25-year-old guy that came to me who had really low testosterone. So the doctor just put him on testosterone. Well, from my perspective, I would go, well, hold on a minute. Why does a 25-year-old guy have an issue with testosterone? His testosterone should be on you know, the top of the roof here. And so you look at the thyroid. So finally, we tested his thyroid. He had a horrible thyroid problem, which I was not shocked about. So did the testosterone help him? No, they attacked it from the wrong angle. They attacked it from that patchwork operation, that doctor who gave me the pill for the bleeding, right? So once they tested the the thyroid, we got him on the thyroid hormone. He's doing great, weaned off the testosterone. Now his natural testosterone is gonna come back. Now, if you're 65 and you're a guy, okay, well, maybe it won't, maybe it will. But when you're 25, it should come back. So when you start to introduce exogenous hormones into the body, like you give a 25-year-old testosterone, it's gonna shut down his own production. And again, it just should be ruled out. The other place it should be ruled out is in mental health. So I was really saddened to speak to the head of a very well-known psychiatric hospital here in Los Angeles. And I asked him, before you put people on medication, like you know, SSRIs, depression medication, do you test and rule out their thyroid? They don't. They just test the TSH. So a lot of people, what will happen is you're depressed. Your doctor tests the thyroid, go, it's not the thyroid because they didn't test it, right? Now they give you Prozac. The Prozac will last three months. It won't work anymore because you never again got to the root of the problem, like with the hormones, like with the testosterone. Um, You can also get misdiagnosed with gynecological issues. I was misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. And a lot of people have this happen to them. It's not that I didn't have it, Morgan. Like if if you looked at the ultrasound with all of the gynecologists, we all would agree that this was textbook PCOS. The question was, why? Why is a 30-year-old with no issues pre, you know, getting this? And instead of looking at the thyroid then, they wanted to give me metformin. They wanted to give me that. Now, now and here's the thing. Insulin resistance is very related to PCOS. When you're hypothyroid, you have low metabolism. That's why you get fat. You're not burning fat. You don't have fat-burning T3. So now you kind of get insulin resistance, which could you know, ignite the PCOS. And again, now you're just you're down the cascade waterfall of like all the end things without them getting to the root of the problem. So it's not me that's saying the thyroid's the master gland and I think it's so important. It literally is. And so it should be ruled out in so many instances. I have a a friend whose mother struggled with health issues for 50 years. I didn't find out until a couple years ago, he mentioned randomly that she had a thyroid problem and had been on thyroid hormone. And I mean, she had multiple problems. Um, And so... She'd been to Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic. She had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on her health. I finally would get her tested. She has zero thyroid hormones, nothing. And both of her antibodies through the roof. 
So the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, all these doctors, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and she suffered all these years, and she recently died. I'm not saying you won't die of hypothyroidism. You will die from something, perhaps, that comes along the way because it's a disease state inviting trouble, right? It invited that PCOS in and invited the miscarriages for Kara in, and so... This is the master. And if you don't have a problem now, great. Make sure you're optimizing your thyroid. That would be following Primal Kitchen, following Primal Blueprint, right? Eat in the paleo primal way if you can in the lifestyle. And then also you're going to want to optimize some nutrients. So I think I covered some of the major symptoms, but really, we, I mean, those are, the, those are the basics. And again, there's a laundry list of them. I had 30 of the 40 that are listed in my book. And again, these symptoms, the list of them are all in the free thyroid masterclass. You can just kind of look at the list and check off how many of them you had. And it was some... Um, it's nothing short of a disaster because you're doing everything that you can and yet you're going to doctors. And then so you start to feel like you're a lost cause, like somehow you're unlucky or you're cursed. And that's not it. So this is really fixable. It's quickly fixable. And the sooner you get on it, the better. And so um, it, it, it's just a life improver to have thyroid is related to your metabolism, your brain, your sex hormones. I mean, it's everything. Yeah, totally. And the the Hashimoto's piece is a big one because I didn't have any antibodies right. and that was helpful, I think, just – but um, a lot of the autoimmune diseases, like, can change when you're pregnant. Like, my my cousin, who you know, actually gets hives when she's not pregnant, but her, all of her pregnancies, she never had any hives. Like, it's interesting just the tether. So, a lot of the symptoms we've talked about are relating to hypothyroidism, mm -hmm. right? Like, underactive thyroid. That's but right. I, what I will say – I don't know if we've even talked about this, but when I was – it took me a year to get pregnant with our first, and I was on thyroid medication, like we talked about before, any of my pregnancies. Um, I ended up doing an IUI and taking Clomid. For those listening that don't know, it's like basically the turkey baster. It's not necessarily like full. I didn't have any like hormone therapy as a result, but I think I was actually at the point before I got pregnant over medicating on my thyroid medicine and it was preventing me from getting pregnant. So it can go both ways. If yeah. you're hyper, what are some of the symptoms of being hyper? Which it's, is it much less common to be hyper? Is hypo, I would imagine hypo is more common, right? Hyperthyroidism is more rare. And the autoimmune disease that goes along with hyperthyroidism is called Graves' disease. Okay. The most famous person we know of with Graves' is Missy Elliott. So there's a misconception. Um, all right. Thyroid offers you the fat-burning hormone in your body, meaning if you didn't have any of it, it wouldn't matter if you starve yourself every day, you're still going to get fat. So you need a healthy thyroid in order to burn fat. Okay, so when you, when you, when you don't have this, um, and all right, so, okay, let me just get back to fertility for a second. Um, when you're hyperthyroid, you're hypermetabolic. And what does that mean? That means you have too much of the fat-burning hormone. So what does it do? It makes you crave food. So now you're like eating more. It's also screwing with blood glucose. And so what happens is, is even though initially the profile of someone with hyperthyroidism would be super skinny, can eat what they want, pooping all the time. And that sounds like really great to a lot of people, right? <laughs> like, you know, they go, oh, this is great. Let me just... No, you don't want to be that either because then it eventually backfires on you and you can get fat. And that is perfectly the profile of what Missy Elliott would look like because she was very large for a very long time. And that doesn't seem to be the profile of someone with hyper, but that's what happens. So initially, and it's also very dangerous because it increases your heart rate. So it's more dangerous than hypothyroidism in the short term. It's 
not as controlled, meaning if you can't control it with medication or a paleoprimal lifestyle and cleaning out and optimizing nutrients, then unfortunately what you have to do in the case of hyperthyroidism is you get your thyroid radioactive iodine, like they blast it with radioactive iodine, essentially killing it. So then now you're hypothyroid. And so now everything that I have to say is going to apply to you. So hyper also, you can be ignited on Hashimoto's or Graves uh, through like living in a place with, uh, you know, black mold. I mean, there's people, sometimes it's environmental that can ignite an autoimmune disorder. So it's important to realize, did it come from that? Because, you know, there's a lot of people in the health industry who've had that happen. Then they remove it, they get they detox from the mold and they're fine, right? So we can try to get to the bottom of it. Sometimes we can't. So hyperthyroidism is hard to control. And if it can't be nipped in the bud right away, that's sort of where you have to go, which is blasting the thyroid, making the person hypo, then they will have to go on thyroid hormones. So it's way more dangerous. It's it's rarer. And so what are the symptoms? People think that because T3 is the energy hormone that they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm up all the time. No, because it's hypermetabolic, it eventually becomes exhausting. So um, high heart rate, like, so when I, I was hyperthyroid at one point, because I was on too much medication, when I woke up in the morning, my resting heart rate was 95. Okay, yeah, that, that's a, that's a good sign. Your temperature is going to be high. You shouldn't be 100 degrees all the time, right? You know what I mean? Or right in the morning or in the afternoon, you know what I mean? So you notice it, you're like sweatier, you have hot hands and feet. That's not right. Now, we talked about temperature. There's a difference between having cooler hands and feet and being internally chilled, you know what I mean? Like if you're internally chilled, you know, you're always that person that has to have sweaters in summer and you're the cold person in the room. But most of us, if you were to shake my hand right now, my hand's cold, that's why I'm not cold. It's a difference. We don't want hot hands and feet. That's, that's not how it works with our bodies either. So you would be overheated, you'd be sweaty, clammy, you might even be overexhausted, you might have an increased appetite and you would be pooping a lot, more than normal and possibly some diarrhea and things like that. That would be hyper, but you would also feel it. You would feel anxiety. Anxiety. You would feel this, this like, oh my gosh. And it's not necessarily coffee. You do feel it in your heart. I mean, it, it feels, it's not good. It feels like you were just running. So that's a very dangerous scenario. It's, it's much more rare than hypothyroidism. With hypothyroidism, and I, I don't know the statistics on hyper, I'll have to look at it, but 200 million people in the world plus, 200 plus million people in the world have thyroid issues and 60% are undiagnosed. As far as the US goes, we're talking 25 plus million people who are just on one thyroid hormone. So, I mean, it is a huge global problem and again, easily fixable, okay? It's just that it's the uninformed nature of what they taught you in medical school 30 years ago. Yeah, crazy. Um, so what are some of your favorite treatments? So we talked about obviously the primal paleo diet for those folks listening who want to help things and we think that can First help everything, but yeah. And then medication wise, there's some controversy on just like what medication most doctors are prescribing synthetic thyroid hormone, correct? Like, well, where, where's your stance the, on this? The majority of uninformed doctors will prescribe something called levothyroxine, which is only one thyroid hormone, and that thyroid hormone is T4. The brand name for that is called Synthroid. And so that is really the number one prescription when it comes to this. It's not always the right one, though. That's the problem. So there are 
there are lots of ways you can handle this. First of all, I'm not one to say jump on thyroid hormone immediately. There are people that have come to me where I'm like, you don't need it at all, <laughs> you know, or hey, uh, just watch and see. So the first protocol would be natural protocol, right? Like let's get the the, the diet in order, the mm -hmm. lifestyle in order. That's paleo primal. That's everything Mark Sisson has ever talked about. That first plus optimizing some nutrients. Well, what are those nutrients? Well, listen, maybe you just need a good multivitamin. You can always go get a thyroid support formula. Um, iodine, selenium. Now, I don't want you to go out and get a bottle of iodine and start overdosing yourself on iodine. You know, I mean, this is like, you, you got to be smart about it. But there are great thyroid support formulas out there that have, you know, a, a nice amount of, of the nutrients that support that. So you could do that now if you don't have a thyroid problem and you want to kind of fractally dose something like that in your life to make sure your thyroid is good. Otherwise, you need selenium, you need proper iron storage, which is an issue with women. This also hypothyroidism disproportionately affects women. So it's predominantly a women's issue. So iron is a big issue. Uh, we menstruate, but also you could have had a child, you could lose some blood. And also when you're hypothyroid, you can't really hold on to nutrients, even if you're eating red meat all the time. So you must get like a comprehensive iron panel and, and optimize ferritin, which is iron storage. Um, usually the range of ferritin is like 10 to 150, you would probably want to be somewhere around 65, according to Dr. Forsman. Um, so that's a big thing. Sometimes people's entire thyroid problem is resolved by just optimizing iron. Ferritin is iron storage, and the best way to put it is that if you're making your own thyroid hormones and everything's going well, but you have low low ferritin, your thyroid hormones kind of can't get to where they need to go. So you could have a thyroid problem because you just have an iron problem. So sometimes it's a simple fix, right? So optimizing these nutrients, um, honestly, it's really the paleo primal lifestyle. And what's in that? The elimination of grains, particularly gluten. Okay, we know for sure that gluten ignites Hashimoto's antibodies. So if you have Hashimoto's, you have to be gluten-free. I'm not saying you can't go have some white rice if you want, although in the paleo world, it wouldn't be on that list, but you really have to stay away from gluten. And Why by the way, that? this is not even a controversy. This like gluten no. autoimmune thing. Like I have a friend who's gynecologist. I mean, she was pregnant. She found out she had Hashimoto's and the gynecologist was like, you got to go gluten-free. She's not like a natural doctor. She's like a regular MD who's like, this is well accepted yeah. information these days that gluten is linked negatively to autoimmune disease. So I'm just throwing that out there for, you know, absolutely. Folks who are listening and who might be like, oh, they're in Los Angeles and it's another prescription to remove gluten from my diet, public enemy number one. But well, you know, a great, a great example of that is uh, the success story, Kara. Again, she got on the right medication after having those miscarriages. She's doing well with thyroid, uh, but she has Hashimoto's and the antibodies were always around 300. Let's say the range on her antibodies was, um, like 10 to 30. And so she had 300. And so she was the person I was afraid of telling that she needed to get rid of gluten when I learned about this, because she was one of those, I'm never getting rid of my pasta. You can all screw off. You, yeah, yeah. you lefty Californians. Like she had that kind of vibe. She quits. I tell her she quits gluten. Her antibodies dropped from 300 to 25 within range, which by the way, is your goal as someone with any autoimmune disorder. You want to get those antibodies down to undetectable or low levels. MS, rheumatoid arthritis, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, Palmer Kippola, she wrote a book called Beat Autoimmune. She's an amazing functional health practitioner and she cured herself of MS after a 20 year struggle. When she quit gluten in one week, digestive issues went away. In one month, every single multiple sclerosis symptom gone and she hasn't had it since. She completely beat autoimmune and her clients are getting out of you know, bed and dancing. It's possible. 
It's yes. absolutely possible. So that has to be one thing that's eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, that's paleoprimal. Why else paleoprimal? Because it's not just a gimmick, the paleothyroid solution, like, oh, you got fat while you were hypothyroid, so now eat paleo so you can lose the weight. Well, that's part of it. But the other part of it is that the paradigm of paleoprimal ancestral living is really the, the the macro, you know, the higher or moderate fat, high protein, you know, low carb, or you can adjust it, right? It might be high fat, moderate protein, low carb, but gen, generally this low carb living with this clean, you know, grocery list, it is the most optimal for blood glucose management and cortisol. And those two things are absolutely related with how your thyroid hormones are being metabolized. So that is the connection. It's not just, oh yeah, these foods are bad for you. And also you could lose weight if you got fat, but it is really about what it's doing to your blood chemistry in terms of, you know, your, your levels of glucose and your, and your cortisol. Every time, like if you're a sugar burner, which when you're primal paleo, you become a fat burner. When you're a sugar burner, you have to eat every two, three hours and you're kind of hypoglycemic. Every time you have a drop, your adrenals, you know, like, oh, they don't like it. And they release cortisol, which can just keep you fat around the middle and a lot of other problems. So if you're on this roller coaster, you're constantly poking the adrenal glands all the time. But if you're paleo primal and you're keeping that steady and you've got nice blood glucose, your adrenals are like, we're just going to come when called for the appropriate, you know, times when like you're almost in an accident, you need to, you know, be alert or you need to flight, you know, fight or flight. So uh, hopefully that all makes sense. But that is so it's the diet. And it's also the lifestyle of what the macros bring to the blood glucose cortisol paradigm. And that is optimal for thyroid hormone metabolism. I love it. This is also helpful. I, I hope everyone listening goes and checks out your website. So I have a few just like rapid qu- fire questions for us because I feel like yeah. that was a very rapid deep dive into thyroid 101 and anyone who needs additional information can find yeah. you online. But um, so you also have been doing some work around like life coaching and confidence building. So give us just like some key tips there. What do you, what should people know about how to be more confident? You wrote about confident as someone can bleep me out there, but um, yeah, so fill us in. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, you're very confident and you probably know what I'm about to say in terms of the second part. The first part is 85% of people all over the globe are lacking in self-esteem and confidence. I mean, that's in some aspect. That's horrific to me. Um, the other thing is that statistics have shown the more confident you are, the more successful you are. The more confident you are and the more self-esteem you have, the happier you are. So happiness, success, it is related to your levels of confidence and self-esteem. The one thing I always like to tell people is that confidence is not some anchored quality within you, okay? It's literally the sum of the thoughts you think and the actions you take. So everybody really has it within their power because you can change your thoughts and you can change your action. And so what I find is that, I mean, I've been coaching people on confidence forever and then finally was like, I should probably write a book about this. Most people are afraid to go do a thing because they've already projected to the end result where what will people think of me? You know, I mean, look, you and I are not, like, at a certain point, I'm sure you've had these days, too, where you're like, oh, God, I don't want to get on camera, man. And then you're just like, you know, F it. No, it's like, so it true. It's so true. Yeah. You're like, I gotta, I'm got i going to do it anyway. Who cares? You know, it, you got to just do it. Sometimes perfectionism can be paralysis, yeah. right? But a lot of people are not even going for something because they're too afraid of what people might think of that. And that's what I want to get people away from, because if you live your life like that, you're going to have regrets at the end. And it's going to be a victim story of, well, they wouldn't let me or they would have judged me or Mm -hmm. uh, most of the people I've coached, you know, when it's something they want to do, that's the conundrum. Um, uh, Imposter syndrome or what will people think of me? And so we have to really get rid of this. And it, it takes 
I have, again, a, a free confidence masterclass. If you go to my website, lrust.com, click on free stuff. There's the free thyroid masterclass, and there's a free confidence masterclass that's 90 minutes of me talking to you. Well, you're going to get a really a good idea. I also have you know virtual courses in both of those subjects as well, but that's a really good place to start so you can see how I teach confidence. It is to me, I mean, I, look, you're naturally confident. You always have been. So I, I mean, I've, I've known Morgan since she was eight when she became, you know, the co-founder of Primal Kitchen and kicked butt at that. No one was shocked. Okay. We were, nobody was shocked. I was hell. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't. And you know, neither was your mom, right? Because we, we hmm. saw you as a child and you naturally exuded that, but you don't have to be that at eight. You, there's people that have found confidence at 35, you know what I mean? You can attain it at any time. So while you and I might have been a little bit more naturally tinged that way, I would also say that you probably have some moments in life where maybe you did have to like refine your confidence. Usually people like us who are alpha females who are highly confident, Morgan, maybe you'll you'll resonate with this. I'm very direct and um, some people take offense to, you know, like they're not used to that. So we have pitfalls with confidence. Sometimes we're not as diplomatic as maybe we should be because we speak too quickly. So we need to kind of like, be careful on the send more than someone else who might be more diplomatic. The other thing is that when you're highly alpha and confident, oftentimes vulnerability is like, ew, you don't want to be vulnerable. It affects your relationships. The last thing you want to do is anyone to see you weak at all whatsoever. And I don't want, and I'm sure you were like that as a young alpha. And then you get older and you realize vulnerability is not only a strength, it is confident as F. Because if you really don't care what people think about whatever it is, that's the most confident. And if you're worried about appearances, I mean, we all are to some degree, right? But you know, if you're worried about appearances and you're not expressing your emotion, so there's pitfalls to being like really highly confident. And then obviously there's, it's a, it's a mess of a life if you have low self-esteem and low confidence. So I've learned from less confident people what I need to work on, right? And then they've learned from me. And so my book and even my masterclass and my course is not just for people who want to gain confidence, but it's also for people who might want to refine it. Take a look at, you know, like these, some of these thoughts. Did, does any of that resonate with you? I'm sure you might have gone through that as an alpha. Yeah, no, totally. But I would say like, I might appear very confident, but I'm actually not. Like, I think, you know, there's stuff I want to do okay. that I'm not doing. Yeah. And definitely like being, you know, interviewing people and being on camera more there. It's like, there is a level of vulnerability that just didn't exist. So I'm, I'm a natural. What do you mean you appear confident though? You were able to go like start a company and do this and not like quit and go, I don't know. It's too hard. Yeah, I mean, you I were mean, able I to forge ahead. I was, but I, I still, you know, you still struggle even like, you know, I think there's still stuff where I'm like, ooh, or I don't know, you put yourself out there, you know, it's just never really that easy. It's never I gonna hate, end. Like, I'm, I'm really bad in formal situations. So like, you know, Primal Kitchen was acquired by Kraft Heinz and I'm still running the company. I report into Kraft Heinz and we have to do a lot of like presentations, like PowerPoint presentations. Like I'm illiterate in developing a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation and I'm really yeah. actually not very good at all at prevent presenting like formal information. Like I can tell you on a cellular level what's going on with the business but like speaking this corporate language that just, I just don't speak is introduced a new level of insecurity within myself and just like yeah. I can rock and roll in a startup like let's let's get stuff done let's let's focus like I can provide vision and like be able to move things forward quickly make decisions quickly but you know playing the corporate game is like definitely a test of my own confidence for sure so I I get right and that and that's not your forte over there no, right was not my zone of genius but it's something that I would I would get, g gather that you already have a certain level of confidence in yourself with other things that you would pay, perhaps think to yourself you know I may not be good at it but I bet I probably could be if I applied myself um versus 
I'll never be good at it. You may never like it, but you you might go, no, though I could probably get good at it if I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? And so even just having that inkling of like, well, I, I probably could because you have a good baseline of confidence. But yeah, there's going to be pitfalls everywhere. I'm not going to teach you how to bungee jump. I don't know how to do it. I'll kill you. I'm not confident. You know, you don't have to be confident in everything, right? It's what you're good at. But at the end of the day, generating self-esteem and confidence comes from within. No one's going to do it for you. And so my book and the course and everything is basically like going through your life and scraping off the barnacles that kind because we were born confident and then stuff happens. And then your uncle tells you you're a loser. And then your teacher tells you you're never going to be anything and you're done with math and, you know, and so on and so forth. Right. And then you get to high school and mean girls or whatever. And so along the way it gets chipped at. And so this is about going back to the beginning and really like creating it from within and for the purpose of pursuing your dreams and having a happier life. I wouldn't be here right now if I didn't have high levels of self-esteem and confidence, even though they took major hits over the years and I had to do a lot of work on certain areas. Yeah. You know what I think helps me the most is like just realizing how life is so short. Like I'm reading 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman right now. And like, we're just not here for that long. So like, are you going to do it or are you going to stress about it and never do it? I mean, we just don't have that much time. And in the end of the day, like the whole like worrying about what other people think, like people are going to gossip about you or hate on you for like 30 seconds. In the end of the day, everyone's so self-absorbed. They're going to be on to worrying about something in their own life or some of their own drama. They're not going to think about you in 30 minutes. So it's like, it's so insignificant. So insignificant. Most people don't care about you. They don't. People don't really care about you. You think they do. They're so self-absorbed. They're just like, I mean that in like almost in a good way, right? Like, thank God. I mean, so you can just keep doing you and you don't have to worry about it. Well, here's the thing. You can can get help with confidence. The the key is the people that are shooting down your confidence everywhere, stop stop telling your sister Mary about your dreams. She's going to be a downer. She's been a downer for 20 years. So. So there's, these are the barnacles like, okay, we need to stay away from downers. We need to do this, that, and the other. So what do you do if you don't have friends that are supportive? Or if you've got someone who's like, well, you've never written a book before. Or like, I don't know, podcasts? I've never public speaking. You know, those kind of jabs, those little jabbers. And so it's like, mm. so you, sometimes you have to remove yourself, not share your million-dollar ideas with $100 people, as Steve Harvey said, and just deal with a coach, I love deal that. with a course. Get a group, but you know what? Don't, stop, stop letting. That's the first thing you can do if there's anything today. Stop answering the call when someone's like, "Hey, how's that project going?" Shut it. It's going great. Oh, hey, how are you? Change the subject. Get out. Or stop looking for the approval from your sister Mary because yeah. I, I guarantee you, it's once never you coming. Yeah, yeah, because even when you get the success, there's going to be another level yeah, of her downering totally. your confidence, you know, and that's happened That's happened to me before, too, and sometimes it comes from loved ones and people who generally actually want you to do well, they just don't realize this, what's coming out of their mouth, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. This is great. I love this little sidebar chat. Um, okay, so tell me just a few, like, rapid-fire questions for you, and then we'll wrap it up, but what are you most excited about in health and wellness? Like, who's inspiring you these days? Any, like, fun Ooh. things you see in the future for us? I, I think I'm just, I'm so inspired, and I'm sure you are too, by all of the people we've interviewed over the years and all the things we've been able to learn, all the little tips. I mean, you know, red light therapy, getting into saunas, um, you know, uh, paleoprimal nutrition has changed my life. I can't say that that wouldn't be the number one thing in the world that can can really alter your existence. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm... I'm excited about the word getting out. What I'm excited about was when I go to the grocery store, not only seeing Primal Kitchen everywhere, sometimes I tear up. I do. I tear up in the aisles. I see Primal Kitchen bottles and I'm just like, oh my God. And uh, 
I love all of the gluten-free, paleo, grain-free products that have come from Primal Kitchen starting when it started. And now everyone else is trying to jump on that train. And so I think I love seeing in the past 10 years, the availability of all of these products, the gluten-free pastas, the, you know what I mean? And so even though I'm in California, it's still happening everywhere. And I love that. And I think that's really inspiring for me that what Mark initially did launched a major change in our world. Yeah, no, I agree. And you, and what you did, you know, I mean, that, that's really the truth because like, uh, you know, my, my boyfriend has celiac and uh, <laughs> Primal Kitchen is like a godsend. You know, he loves mayonnaise, but like all the mayonnaise have soybean oil, canola oil, you know what I mean? I mean, Primal Kitchen is really the answer when it comes to these types of things. So you guys, what you guys have done, I mean, it's it's beyond probably what it's it's legendary really. Oh, thanks, Sally. You're sweet. Um, I, we need to have a side conversation about this boyfriend, by the way. We want to oh, hear yeah. more about that. Um, I love it. Okay, you're. What's the worst thing you've ever done for your own health? Smoke cigarettes. Oh, that's a good one. I was a cigarette smoker for many many years. I regret yeah. it. I wish I never did it. It's nope. the Chicago in us that was just like. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, I just remember being in college and like you could still smoke in bars. Like, how was that even possible in our lifetime? It seems it seems like insane. Um, Everywhere you went, every restaurant, I know. You walked you, out I remember coming home and just being like, I have to wash my hair at like two in the morning before I go to bed because yep. you just like reek of cigarettes. So I'm glad you kicked yep. that one. Um, okay, last question before you ask everyone this, but what's something that most people don't know about you? That's a good one. Um, well, I, you know, maybe you have a little bit of this too, but since I am, you know, like pretty alpha, I'm very direct, I'm, you know, like, seemingly very confident, forceful personality. I'm a real softy, lovey, doggy, lover, baby, lover. Like I am just like a mushy, whatever's touchy-feely. And I think sometimes, you know, in the past, people may be like, I can't see you that way. And it's really like in, in my private life, I'm just a mushy, you know, I'm, I still snuggle my mom. I still kiss her. I still snuggle with her in bed. I, lo- I love my mom. I don't know anyone my age that's still doing that. Like I am so yeah, so that's sort of the opposite of what maybe is portrayed, and I think sometimes that's a surprise to people. Oh, I love that. Um, well, thank you so much, Al. This was enlightening, and I'm excited for folks to learn more from you. So, can you let everyone know where they can find you and more information, and we'll go from there. Yeah, just go to lrust.com and click on the free stuff tab to either access the free confidence course or the free thyroid masterclass. So, freethyroidmasterclass.com is the video plus the guide. Free pay, sorry, freethyroidguide.com is just the guide, but you might want to do the guide and the video on the free masterclass. But everything is at lrust.com. And of course, ever since you uh, jumped in, took over, changed it to Primal Kitchen Podcast, I have the L Rust show every week where I interview people. So that's available. Um, but I just want everyone to know this is absolutely fixable. If you know anyone struggling, and by the way, there's a lot of people on thyroid hormones already that are still struggling. Yeah. You can be That's on the wrong point. dosage yeah. and still be hypothyroid. So if you're going to your doctor and like, I still have this symptom, they're like, well, I don't know. It's not your thyroid. Let's give you Prozac or let's do that. You need to go back to the basics, get tested and see, are you even on the right amount of thyroid hormone replacement or the right combination? Yeah. You know? And we can learn all that in your courses and through the information you have at lrust.com. It's Absolutely. E-L- oh, and I do an offer. If, oh, yeah. if you did want to take the ultimate thyroid course, which is the actual full 30-hour like in-depth course versus the thyroid masterclass, use MDA for Mark's Daily Apple and you'll get 10% off. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Al. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you.